Welcome to Convo Lounge Expression Exposure Experience. Hello world, welcome to the Convo Lounge podcast. Thank you so much uh, for joining us and for choosing to be with us again on this particular week. Uh, remember, this is your go-to platform if you want to understand Botswana a little bit more from the perspective of job creation and also understanding this issue of unemployment. Trying to bring different stakeholders in the country, whether it's your corporate, your public sector, or the talent itself in Botswana, and to understand uh, their understanding of the issue of unemployment and most importantly uh, what solutions they're bringing uh, towards this particular challenge you remember that with Convo Lounge we've got three focus areas that we focus on the first one is really around soft skills so transferring knowledge around the soft skills you need as talent to survive today's economy uh, to stand out and be competitive in today's economy and the second one is around research we believe that the research that our talent does in academic in higher academic institutions could be a solution uh, to aiding in industry growth, but also enabling them to be employable and to get into the industry. And of course, the third thing uh, for Convo Lounge is really to bring you the, uh, the latest insights around what's happening in industry and also as talent, how can you plug and play uh, based on those, those insights. So today we've got uh, one of the young Botswana, I think, or I believe he's high value talent in the country. Just looking at his track record and what he's managed to do uh, with his academics and his current pursuits and interest in the country today, I'm joined in studio by Alba Kwe Ngoni, and he's going to tell us a little bit about who he is and most importantly, uh, in the world of research, uh, what has he been working on and what has he found in terms of Botswana. Alba Kwe, welcome to Convo Lounge. How are you doing? Thank you so much. Um, doing very well. Yeah. And it's a pleasure to be here with you. Nice. Yes. I think I the first time I crossed paths with you, you were in your first year, I guess. Yes, first year. <laughs> um, and I'm happy to, you know, see you where you are today. Thank I think the could be a motivational talk yes. for students. And yes. I remember do you remember that? Anything you heard? I think you once gave me that feedback. It'd be great to hear, you know, what you heard that time. That was the first time in a lecture room. Mm. So while you were speaking, we happened to have a power cut. Yeah. So I was very attentive to every word that you were saying because then we didn't have the presence of a microphone. Mm. There's one thing that you said that everyone who comes to the institution actually has a first class. It's upon us to choose to downgrade or to maintain the first class that we had. Mm. So those words stuck with me mm. because I had learned that there's no one who had gotten a first class in the program that I was studying. Mm. And I told myself, I'm going to maintain the very first class that you're talking about. Mm. And I'm glad to say that I became the first ever male student to get a first class within my program. And that is because of the motivation that you gave us when we were starting our, our bridging program our mm. first year in 2015. Mm. Big shout out to you. Uh, it's not everybody who actually listens and they start working. So it's one thing to talk. Yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, more big ups to you for actually staying disciplined yeah. um, and focusing. So let's talk about you. Not only did you just uh, finish your degree you went on to do your master's in business administration. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about the research that you were doing and what you were focusing on. So the reason why I was doing my master's in business administration was because I had not had the opportunity to write a dissertation when I was doing my undergrad. Mm. 
So I chose to do this dissertation as a solution towards some of the um, challenges that SMEs have in Botswana. Mm-hmm. So I tabled it in a theme that says the supporting role of the Botswana government in mitigating challenges and supporting the growth of SMEs in Botswana. Mm-hmm. So that is what Abyss Color is focusing on. And what did you find um, as you were researching? Well, the first thing is, did yeah. you find a lot of literature um, on this particular issue in Botswana? I think some of the challenges that yeah. we have is with regards to documentations that are present mm. in reference to SMEs. Actually, we even have some institutions that do not have a definite definition of what an SME is, mm. particularly here in Botswana. Mm. So that makes the the idea of writing about SME is quite challenging. Yeah. However, there are a few uh, there are few write-ups that have managed to find out and collect in order to bring up to the, 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 the dissertation that I wrote. But there were not a lot of them, which is why I think within the writing that we have, we need to actually increase uh, as well as the research that we do and employ both quantitative and qualitative methods to bring about solid, substantial evidence within the context of development of SMEs in Busan. Well, I don't think that what we it would be a challenge to find those categories. I think yeah. that key institutions in the country that already have that data. Yes. I know the banking sector obviously has different customer segments. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look at, you know, your revenue and your profit margins, and then they decide at which level that you're on. Yeah. So I think like you're saying, it's just an issue of having a centralized data collection point. I don't know if Statistics Botswana would be the right institution, but I think also Botswana Unified Revenue Services could yes. be an institution because obviously they collect that data uh, when they're analyzing uh, taxes. Yes. So what did you find um, in your research in terms of, you know, Botswana? So first of all, was your research just focused on Botswana? Ghana? You were also comparing it to other countries in Africa. Um, it was basically looking at Botswana, Botswana okay. but with a few examples of what is done in other countries as well. Okay. That is to bring the comparison sake of it mm. to say what is being done in other countries. Mm. But then the challenge, like I'm saying, is the fact that you have an SME in South Africa, for example, or Namibia described differently, differently. as mm. opposed to an SME in Botswana. Mm. So most of this research was done primarily mm. focusing on Botswana. Okay. Yeah. What, what, what's your definition of an SME based on your research? Uh, there are many ways to define an SME, mm. but one way is to look at the turnover per year, also look at the number of employees that they have. Mm. These are the two main ways to describe an SME. Mm. And in accordance to Botswana, when you look at what an SME is all about, yeah. we, we have basically the two, SMME and also SME. Mm. which you might not find in other countries, such mm. as the developed countries. They, they don't consider them SMME. And actually, you realize what we call an SME here in Botswana might not be considered an SMME in other developed countries. Agoria, uh, so is a small medium enterprise? And then MME is what? Small? Small micro, micro medium, medium yeah, enterprises. enterprises. Okay. And we have a lot of those here in Botswana. In Botswana. Um, uh, but looking at what an SMME is. I think we are looking at at the number of employees between two and I think 30. That is the number of the consideration of what an SMME is. So tell us about Botswana. Um, The role of our government is playing in helping to grow 
small media micro medium enterprises or small medium enterprises um, based on your research obviously research is on the premises that there's a challenge yes or a gap that you've identified well, yes taking into consideration how Botswana has actually appreciated the existence of SMEs it actually took place in the national development number 7 mm. So that is around 1998, somewhere there. That is when the idea of SMMEs and SMMEs was taken into consideration to say, how then can we develop the sectors? Mm. I think for the longest period of time, we are considering cattle, agriculture, considering the diamond sector, mm. and we forgot that time will actually um, catch us while we are not developing the, the critical ones, which are basically the small micro-medium enterprises that we have. So in 1998, they set up what we call a task force. This task force was responsible to find businesses that they could they could fund and actually find strategies to employ in order to improve the businesses. However, they were challenged. And unfortunately, for lack of a better word, the task force failed mm. because they realized, as statistics have shown over the years, 80% of SMMEs and SMEs in Botswana fail within the first five years. And unfortunately, no matter the strategy they employed during that time, because it was a start, they actually failed within whatever strategy they were trying to employ. But however, we see with time, the introduction of various ministries. The recent one is the new ministry, Ministry of Entrepreneurship. And it's trying to curtail and actually improve the SMME sector. Because I think there's a lot that we could do within the socio-economic landscape of our country with investing on SMMEs. And I could say we are getting there. We are employing a lot of strategies. We are employing a lot of financial aids to assist our SMMEs in order for them to grow. Because when you talk about SMMEs growth, it also affects employment rate. It cuts down the unemployment uh, within our country that also affects our young people. Mm. So when we improve the landscape of SMMEs, we are actually also attaining the vision 2036 that we have set for ourselves as a country, that we have set as the United Nations, that we have set as the African um, United um, agenda basically for us agenda to have, 2063 yes and mm. the agenda 2063 we can only attain that if we are actually at a point where we are developing the landscape of SMMEs at primary uh, stages of funding and actually dealing with the research and dealing with a lot of critical studies around SMME yeah okay so one, uh, there's a study that I'm currently reading um, by Sir Porter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a well-known professor in Harvard. Yeah. And he's well-known for the balance scorecard, but also helping economies grow. Yes. And his thoughts are that um, Botswana's population is too small, or yes. 2 million. Mm-hmm. It's too small for the number of ministries we have. Um, and the organizations that we have attempting to deliver services to the public service. So he argues that our implementation model Mm. is not not okay. It's not the correct one of of Mm -hmm. building multiple institutions. And he released this 10 years ago, before Ministry of Entrepreneurship. Yes. And I would imagine the time you started working on your research, Ministry of Entrepreneurship was bubbling under. 
it was it hadn't been launched yet. No, it wasn't. And when you listen to the Ministry of Entrepreneurship and their role, it's really to sort of syn- synergize the ecosystem. Yeah. And to get all these players um, in Botswana's business landscape that are meant to support an, an enterprise at its different growth stages to work cohesively in synergies, right? Now, according to what you were doing in your research and some of your key findings, was the thought of a new ministry uh, at the top of your head um, or the mandate of the new ministry? Is that aligned to some of the ideas and thoughts you were entertaining on your research? I could say that, but also it was an issue of policies. Okay. Do we have substantial policies mm. for the advancement of SMMEs? Mm-hmm. And if perhaps SME, the, the, the policies could be advanced through a ministry, well and good, then we could up, uh, employ that. However, my idea or the findings or the recommendations that I have, because the dissertation comes with a recommendation to it, I recommended that we need to have supporting policies for the advancement of SMMEs in our country, taking into consideration what is done in other countries, you know, countries such as Rwanda. I think they're doing brilliantly well. I remember when I traveled to Rwanda sometime in 2018, I realized that they are ahead of us in terms of the registration of a company. Mm-hmm. In Botswana, we are still manual at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, we were still um, delivering paper works to SIPA. However, when I arrived in Rwanda, I realized that I can set up my business. It doesn't even take 24 hours for it to be actually operating in that country. Mm. Here in Botswana, during the time anyway, we are taking a a bit of a longer time. So I think also the idea of benchmarking was very important. It's very uh, crucial, even as we have the Minister of Entrepreneurship to say, now that we have a fully functional uh, ministry, Mm. where do they benchmark? How How do they learn? I think it was about time that we had a ministry that is relevant, particularly to the industry of businesses. Mm. Yes. Going to go for a quick break. And when we come back, we have continue the conversation with Albakwe Nkoni, talking about his research around the role of Botswana government in assisting in the growth of small medium enterprises and small medium micro medium enterprises. Stick around for the next segment of the conversation. Conva Lounge. Expression, exposure, experience. Welcome back to the second segment of Conva Lounge, where we're talking to high-value talent in Botswana, Aubakwe uh, Ngoni, and we're talking his research uh, for his Master's in Business Administration, where he's really talking about the role of the Botswana government in supporting the growth of enterprises at the different growth stages. Now, before we went for the break, uh, you're speaking about the need to focus on policies, right? Yes, yes. You're giving a case study of going to uh, Rwanda and seeing some of the brilliant work they're doing in terms of digitizing uh, business registration. Big shout out to Botswana. We now have that as well. Uh, It's relatively easy. It's not just registration, though. That is everything. Whether you want to change your company name, you want to patent something, you want to register your trademark, you can do that all digitally. Yes. Um, I have a question for you around policies. Mm -hmm. Um, in fact, some people always say at some point we had uh, Rwandese leadership mm-hmm. coming to Botswana mm-hmm. to benchmark yeah. on our policies, the yeah. ICT, the Maranyane uh, policy. I don't know whether it was done in 2005. Mm-hmm. My memory is quite 
fading on that. But they came, they benchmarked, they went back home and they went to implement. Now, there's a notion in the country that we are very good with policies. Come on, Zomu, we've got great policies. What we need to do is really just get things going and focus on implementation. Definitely. But here you are, Mm. you're saying... One of your recommendations based on what you're studying is we need more policies. Do you want to share insight on what some of these policies are? Which policies do you feel like are missing and they need to be in place? Well, I think we can also go back to some of the policies that are already implemented mm. to try and improve the SMME landscape. Okay. We are looking at, looking at um, some of the strategies to ban some certain importations within our country. Although that is still being debated to say, then how can we ban certain uh, manufacturing uh, utilities within within Botswana, whereas we don't have access to them. But those are ways they are trying to, I I think they are trying to push people into entrepreneurship. You know, they are trying to drive forth an entrepreneurial culture within our country. I, I, I don't know, maybe it's because primarily we are people who are not too entrepreneurial within our landscape but when you're talking about policies we are talking also about issues of funding is the current funding strategies uh, recommendable for the advancement of SMMEs going forward we are looking at the kind of findings that used to be there or that are there the YDF we appreciate that we are looking at CEDA and some of the institutions that are available to actually finance uh, SMMEs. But I can gladly say that some of the challenges that SMMEs have, the number one is financing. On top of that, the second one is the literacy, literacy in terms of business that those who are actually into business have. They do not have the adequate competencies in terms of skills with particular relevance to running an an institution that is business in any sector that they might have. So we are basically talking about also increasing the funding and also the literacy because there's no need for us to be pouring money into businesses that perhaps do not have the adequate skills needed for them to advance their business practices. I want to challenge you on that one. Yeah. I think that, well, funding will always be in, will always be scarce. Yes. But I think when you look at Botswana's, in Botswana's context, mm-hmm. I don't think funding is at the top. Yeah. I think business argument, like you're saying, yeah. is at the top. Mm. Um, even globally, there's a saying that there mm-hmm. isn't a challenge of money or financial yeah. capital. Yeah. There's a challenge of finding quality bankable ideas. Mm. Which brings me to this as well. Yeah. You think, you feel, based on what you just said, that Botswana doesn't have, um, Arna and entrepreneurial culture. Do you think so? I, th- I think we do. Mm-hmm. Look, enterprising doesn't always have to be big business. Yeah. Uh, you look at Masape on the street, when you look at the car washes, you know, the moment one person opens a car wash, you'll find three car washes next to each other. It's only that in the informal sector, right? Yes. yes. I think there is a challenge of quality ideas that are scalable. Yes. Perhaps we're enterprising. We have an entrepreneurial culture, Mm -hmm. but it's with ideas that really are just going to feed you and your household or your immediate community. Definitely. I think this mindset also exists when we get into agriculture. Mm -hmm. In Botswana, we don't have a lot of uh, commercial farmers, but we have subsistence Mm -hmm. farmers. 
but they do everything that a commercial farmer will do. The only difference is they're not doing it at scale and with the idea of moving beyond the immediate community. Yes. I hold the perspective that we have an entrepreneurial culture. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. Well, before I get to the entrepreneurial culture that we have, what I was talking about is basically from the findings from the entrepreneurs within the SMMEs landscape. Mm-hmm. If you ask most of them what their challenges are, they will not talk about how incompetent they are in terms of the skills. They're going to talk about the lack of funding thereof yeah. within their particular uh, you know, business practices. That's the first thing that they will talk about. And I do agree with you to a great extent that we don't necessarily like capital or, yeah. or the presence of money within our particular institutions. However, when it comes to an entrepreneurial culture, I think we can do more. It could be present, but there's more that could be done. And where do we start? We start within our academic institutions. We cannot have business, uh, I, I mean, subjects such as business studies being an option. My belief is that it should be within mandatory for everyone to actually study business studies. And actually, if you look at the results that were released, I believe it's 2020, if not 2021, they showed that the most failed business, uh, subject within the BGCSE was business studies. Uh-uh. Yeah. You think that it's maths or sciences, <laughs> but it's it's actually Aye. business studies. If, if you look at the research that is there. Read. So there's a great concern within the that great subject that should be, you know, helping us in the near future to have an entrepreneurial culture. I, I believe that even if you are studying engineering, you are studying to be a doctor or whatever profession, there should there should be an attachment to entrepreneurship to it, to say, if you are going to finish your course, are you then going to start your own business or, or not? That's an interesting insight. Yeah. Why do business is business studies is more difficult than mathematics, according to the results? Not entirely difficult. But... The how yeah, I, I believe you we, can assume that we, then. we can assume that okay interesting I think that's because it's an option mm. so to those who study who it, study it yeah. or they don't maybe don't take it seriously enough yes okay mm. okay interesting yeah. so what other recommendations came out of your research besides the types of policies that we I, I think one of them I've touched based on it in uh, it's also in regards to inclusivity. We cannot achieve anything unless we are of an inclusive culture. Also, when it comes to... We cannot divorce entrepreneurship from education. It needs to be taught. Because at the end of the day, you have a vision. Your country has a vision. And for us to achieve the sustainable um, economic growth that we want as a country, it could start from grassroots level. And when we are there, we need, like I'm saying, to employ inclusivity within that. There's a great gap between those who are living with disability and those who are not, particularly with the reference to entrepreneurship. You know, it's, it's, it's sort of like believe that that idea of entrepreneurship should, should be tapped in by certain people and certain people cannot tap into it. But it should be a culture within an institution where perhaps they are teaching people living with disability or various impairments and those who are in other academic institutions. So that is my belief. As well as us 
take into consideration that the world is a global village like we are saying you know the population that we have let us not only limit ourselves to Botswana let us explore perhaps through traveling or through reading what others are actually employing within their business practices for them to grow Let's talk about what you're doing currently to provide solutions. Uh, with research, there's always a need to move beyond research to actually apply at a small scale, even if you can't apply everything you think about in your research and what you've recommended. Um, tell us about what you're doing in the business space. I think there's an there's ideas around business clinics that yes. you're running along with. What's happening there? So in 2020, on the 17th of July, we established the business clinic in order to facilitate growth for SMMEs like i said one of the challenges of SMMEs in Botswana is the inadequacy in terms of the skills and all that so when we established the business clinic it was primarily the services are offered for free by the way it was primarily to assist those who want to start their business ventures and those who are already within the practice itself those who are um, existing maybe for more than five years and we have sat down with them individually and as a group to give them counseling to also give them strategies in order to develop their businesses their business practices and so far i'm happy to say more than 500 people have benefited from this strategy or this initiative that we have we've also had the ydf business um, workshops that we've held um, prior to them submitting their applications we go through a workshop where we sit down look through their financial projections and their documentation to help them improve where they can correct they had to correct before they can actually submit the the relevant uh, authorities who sponsor them in the long run but that that is what we've been doing so far is that something that's still happening it is currently still happening yes for free so do you have support for that or you're looking for support to make that sustainable well currently we are housed at the khaborone bonito north constituency for us to actually implement that and that is the office for the honorable minister honorable anamoketi in order for us to do that but in terms of the funding we do not have funding as of yet but we believe that as we grow as as young people as we are will actually have funding uh, coming from elsewhere to actually assist them. so what you're doing right now is volunteering your skills and your time yes we are doing so okay. so what's interesting that you're learning about entrepreneurs based on these 500 applicants that you've worked with over the years Um I've learned a lot quite a lot more I, I think more than they have learned from me although they would say the opposite that is because you get to learn what is on the ground you get to understand their concerns and their achievements and all that what do you think about the ideas what sort of ideas generally are they are they ideas that can make a difference both in Botswana and beyond or the hella hella who in that local community Although I should applaud them for coming to the office, I have a concern <laughs> yeah, <what's> because <laughs> most of their ideas are generic. It's almost as if they cannot tap into anything they are not told about. Like if they hear of a program where they are sponsored to have livestock, that is what they are going to concentrate on. 
there's nothing beyond that but it's just here and there where you hear somebody talking about an idea that sort of seems impossible but it's not i never tell them that their ideas are impossible unless otherwise i feel like it really is because that is the work that i do as a business strategist and an advisor i should be genuine with them but most of the ideas i feel like they are not futuristic they're not thinking about the sustainability of the business idea that they have and also i think they mostly have a misconception about why they want to get into business you'd find that somebody maybe struggling currently there are no jobs and then they want to get into entrepreneurship and then one of the things we work on is the attitude do you have the entrepreneurial spirit let us work on that before you get a grant a loan from a certain institution then you get a job and then you forget that you wanted to establish a certain enterprise we work on the attitude first we work on understanding entrepreneurship for what it is before we can go far well you're high value talent and i always say that in bots um tell me this you don't have to talk about your formal employment but i do know that it's in the public sector Usually you talk to high value talent someone will say don't start at public sector you know you're at, you're, you're butchering your future start in private sector your experiences um your thoughts around you know here you are you're supporting private sector in your own I'd call it personal social responsibility initiative or your passion pro- projects and you're also working within the public service as a young motswana today working in the public service what are your thoughts on well there's a lot of misconceptions about being in the public sector however i am of the belief that we need to be the change we, we want, want to see we want to see so the innovation that i have brought particularly within my public space is also the business clinic that is present because i found it very you know unusual for me to come to work and there's actually minimal work that i should be doing and then i said within the time let me table a proposal before the minister to say i believe this is an initiative that could work so that during the half 7 till 4:30 i have something that i'm actually doing not only to improve the office or what i'm doing within the public service but also the community at large So I think that is what we have done. We've also assisted in terms of, you know, recruiting other young people who were then sponsored by the government for their volunteerism paid by the government and we have interns that are paid by the government to do the work of the business clinic to actually consult and all that. So me being part of the public service I could say that one of the things I've done well is actually uh, also inviting others to be part of it and we've seen some leave because they graduate from the business clinic after some time to actually find other opportunities elsewhere. Yeah. Last last questions. Uh we've got a reset agenda in the country. Mindset change, I can see you represent that value chain development, you represent that and all the other priority areas. Do you believe as a young Motswana that it is possible uh, by 2036 for us to be a high income earning knowledge based economy? I believe it is. It's going to take a lot of collaborative work within ourselves and different spaces uh, that we represent. It's going to take us understanding and employing the vision within ourselves 
personalizing it. You know, you cannot attain Vision 2036 when you don't find yourself to be part of the narrative of Vision 2036. Actually, one thing that you realize about this vision, we will be the older generation when it comes when it yes, when it comes to 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 that particular year. We will be the one we are going to be asked what did we do to advance Vision 2036. One would look at it and say Uh, what did you do with Vision 2016? <laughs> I, I remember sometimes we'd be punished in school because I didn't know all the pillars. Yeah. But the pillars are still existing within Vision 2036. And the idea of driving them forth is within us, working together as government and as young people and everyone actually collaborating to make that a success. Nice one. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on Convo Lounge. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this segment of Convo Lounge where we shed a spotlight or highlight high-value talent in the country that are personally uh, contributing solutions to unemployment or trying to understand it, whether it's from an unemployment point of view or a job creation point of view. Hope you found this conversation enlightening. Convo Lounge. Expression, exposure, experience.